here we go. It's going to be a lot of small little tidbits this week, so I hope that you like this format. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast. Today, we are trying a new format here that we haven't tried yet, and I'm calling this our mailbag episode. So what I did yesterday was solicited ideas and things you guys wanted to hear about from me, Molly, here at Small Minded, and then I just am going to chat about each of those submissions. Here we go. It's going to be a lot of small little tidbits this week, so I hope that you like this format, and let me know afterwards if you have any additional questions, and we can drop another episode of Mailbag in a few weeks. So here we go. All right, question number one that was submitted, what resources did you use to teach yourself social media? So if you're new here at Small Minded, My name is Molly. I own and operate Molly Knuth Media, which is a small business social media marketing agency and digital marketing. We do a little bit of everything. When I started this business about four years ago, I knew the basics. So as a millennial, I was in high school. I graduated high school in 05. And the summer before I began college was when Facebook kind of emerged among the college crowd. And when Facebook first came out, It was solely for college-age students, and the purpose behind it was for college students to be able to meet up with and connect with online the people that were in their classes and in their programs that they maybe didn't know before they came to school. So it was on a school-by-school basis, and I remember that our school had it. I was at a state university here in Iowa, but there were still other like community colleges and smaller schools that didn't have it. So Some of my friends that went to state schools, we could friend each other on Facebook. And literally at that time, all you could do was post messages on each other's walls, which was the first profile. You could do this action called poke. And really, it didn't do anything except it just said, you've been poked by. And that was about it. And I remember like when those community colleges started to get Facebook, it was like, oh my gosh, we can friend each other now. And then I remember when you could upload photos. And you could make photo albums. And those early days of Facebook were very basic, but really cool. Over the years, Facebook grew into something that allowed high school kids to be active on Facebook. And then anybody could make a profile. Parents, grandparents, kids, anyone, businesses could create profiles. Marketers could sell on Facebook. So I've been around Facebook since 05, since the early stages. And I think that kind of gave me a leg up because I remember what it was intended for. I remember that it was to connect people. It wasn't to perpetuate marketing strategies. It wasn't to um, get you to believe this latest theory. It wasn't to spread news. It was literally just to connect people with other people that they knew around causes that they were interested at the school level. So because I remember that, 
it kind of keeps me grounded today in all of the things that Facebook does. I remember that the purpose of Facebook is about being social and just talking to people. Because even though there are screens that connect us, there are people on each side. And that's who we are talking to when we are marketing our businesses on these social platforms. In regards to this question, what resources did I use? My best resource is just remembering the early days and remembering how Facebook brought people together around things that were important to them. And I try to institute that in all that I do because no matter how flashy your newest Canva GIF that you create, no matter how well produced the video that you've just paid thousands of dollars for, if you cannot connect with your audience on that human level, it's all for naught. Really, my best resource is just cluing into who it is that I'm trying to connect with and learning about how they can be communicated with, how they prefer to like reach out to me, What kind of content do they like to see? Do they want to see tips? Do they want to see how-tos? Do they prefer funny videos? Do they prefer minimal posts in a day? Do they prefer a lot of posts in a day? The best thing I can tell you about resources for growing my social media following is just remembering how to be a person and be social. And then I figure out how to put that into a social media context. If you're looking for more of the technical, like, oh, this is what I would recommend starting with, When I was beginning my social media business, I started, I feel like the game changed when I found out about graphic design apps because I always thought that the power was in the Adobe suite of tools and those were just beyond me. I knew how to do them a little bit, but they were just so technical and there were so many tools that it overwhelmed me. So when I found things like Adobe Spark Post app and Canva was a huge game changer. But when I found those apps that could help me quickly and easily create those graphic quote like posts, those static images that just have text, I was like, oh my gosh, I could do so much with this. And then as I've grown over the years, Canva has also grown and they've brought in new tools and new features that have really allowed me to up my game and create really eye-catching social media content from that app. So I would say some of the resources that you should have if you're marketing on social media is a graphic design app. I would recommend Canva, a good smartphone. And then you can take photos, videos, and upload them right from there. And I think that's really all you need as long as you know who you're serving and how they prefer to be communicated with. Okay, next question. How do I start a podcast? This is kind of an intense one because I only started my own podcast a couple months ago. But I've been thinking about starting a podcast for a long time, a lot longer than a couple months. What I did first was I purchased the mic and then it sat on my desk for a whole year before I actually did anything with it. When you are going to start a podcast, I would say just dive in because there's so many things that you have to consider and you can like really push yourself into analysis paralysis if you get overwhelmed by the details and the what am I going to talk about and all of those doubts. I would say just purchase a good mic, get a recording software that you like. I use Zencaster, and some of these things are going to be an investment of your dollars. So find the things that work within your budget. The mic I use is a Yeti Blue, I believe it's called. And then I use Zencaster for the recording. I then 
also would recommend having a good idea of what you're going into the podcast to accomplish. So here, I knew that I wanted it to speak to people in small towns, people who were invested in small businesses, and they wanted to see both of those things grow. And so I was kind of loose on the format. Like sometimes, you know, we have interviews. Sometimes it's just me talking. Sometimes now it's these mailbag episodes. So the format isn't real strict for me, but my goal is just to speak to people in small towns who want someone who knows what's important to them. So if you have kind of like the first question, if you have a clear idea of who your audience is and how you want to help them, then I think that's half the battle. And sometimes it's not these educational style podcasts. Sometimes people want to get on here and just make people smile or tell stories or give them a way to kind of escape their everyday. It doesn't have to be like some big earth moving concept that you have. Sometimes it's just simple and your goal is to make people smile. And you can choose if you want to do a very short format or a very long format because podcasts are successful in all of those time lengths. Just think about who you want to serve kind of how you want to approach it, get your mic, get your audio recording software. And then once you've recorded your first episode, dig into the editing and the uploading. So that's when it gets a little more technical too. For the editing side, I've used GarageBand. And now the person on my team who does the editing uses Audacity. And then we upload using the Libsyn distribution platform. So that means like when I record this audio, I'll hand it off to Miranda who does the editing. She will upload it to this Libsyn, and Libsyn takes care of distributing to all the different podcast platforms that we are on, which right now is only two. But that way we don't have to go in every week and upload to the website and upload to iTunes and upload to Spotify. We just upload to one place, and then it goes out from there. Again, some of these things are going to cost you a little bit of money. They're going to take a little bit of planning ahead of time and thought and getting it set up. But really that first part is like the most time consuming, I think, like getting through those stages of who am I talking to, getting my Libsyn set up, getting registered on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. So there's a lot of steps, but really like once you have it established and set up, then you're looking at just the weekly sitting down and recording, editing and uploading. And what I did when I was getting into this this summer was I bought a self-guided course from Jenna Kutcher called The Podcast Lab. And that really walked me through some of these thought processes and the technical aspects of hosting a podcast and managing a podcast. So I would head over to jennacutcher.com and I can drop that in the show links too so that you can link to it. But I found that to be very helpful and helped me get set up a little quicker than if I was just going to do trial and error on my own. So that's how I recommend starting a podcast. Okay, question three. What is your favorite social media platform? Right now, I don't know. Um, I really like Facebook for the local aspect. Every platform kind of offers its own thing. Facebook has a local aspect like reach for my business that I really like. People in the local area and probably same for you. Like no matter their age, they know how to manage Facebook, right? So when you get into things like TikTok or Instagram, all of a sudden the skill level seems to rise. And so people can get intimidated by managing a new platform, but they know and they trust Facebook for the most part. So Facebook is good for that local connection. I really find a lot of joy on Instagram because that's where I follow a lot of people who are creative and they're sharing their stories and they're sharing their art. And those are the accounts that I follow there. 
And that gives me a lot of creative inspiration for things that I do for my business. And I just have like a lot of business connections that I've met on Instagram. And that's where we go to like DM each other and like cheer each other on with each other's businesses. So Instagram's kind of a fun place right now. And that's probably if I had to pick a social platform, I would pick Instagram right now. And reels are really fun. People are so creative and they're doing some really like awesome things that I wouldn't even think of with their video ideas and their content that they're producing. So like just this morning, I saw a video of three little girls who were dressed up as the characters from Hamilton and they were lip syncing to the song from the beginning that features the three female leads. And so that was great. And some of these reels are using old Fleetwood Mac songs that I love. Some of these reels are giving how-tos and tips. Some of these are just making me laugh. I really like the reels aspect. And I know everybody could be like, well, that's just what TikTok is. And I know a lot of people love TikTok. But what I love about Instagram is that it brings in that TikTok-esque video format in Reels. And it brings in the Snapchat feature in their Instagram stories. And I just have relationships built up there that I really like. Now, I know some people prefer Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. So it really depends on what the purpose is that you're using social media for. And that might be a good social media platform for you. But I really think that right now, Facebook is always going to be one that I go to, but Instagram is really like my favorite community place right now. All right. Next question submitted to the mailbag. What is one thing your small town is lacking or you wish it had big or small? Oh man, this is a good question. Um, I always have a lot of ideas about what my town could be. And don't get me wrong, we've got a lot of great things happening right now. But I always like, I feel like I can see the future. (laughs) Like, I mean, not literally, but I look at these buildings that exist and I look at where we're at and I can just see where we can go. I have that vision. And something I think that is needed. So there's a couple things. So first up, I really think that we need to have a downtown like plan. So there's a whole bunch of empty storefronts right now, which is getting better, but I think it is improving. But I do think we need to have a plan that's like, okay, everybody right now is just kind of running their own race because everybody owns their own buildings and things like that. And this is me coming from the outside. Like I don't own a building yet, so I don't know all of the things that get involved. But I do feel like if we all want to work towards having a downtown that is thriving And that brings people from outside here and that brings people out of their homes to shop and like have recreation in our downtown. I think we need to like have a plan where we all work together and work in the same direction. So I would really like to see something like that. And I think that's in the works. That way it can kind of help us guide like what businesses do we have down here and what do we want to see more of? What buildings have undergone some really great renovations and revitalizations? How do we want to see these buildings that still need work get developed? Do we want to have like a regulated like canopy? Like does everybody have to have a canopy? Do we want to have like your window size has to be XYZ number of inches? Do we want to, and I don't know, maybe I'm overstepping, but like having a consistent like aesthetically pleasing downtown I think is important too. So I think having a plan for all of this will really help kind of guide everybody who has a vested interest in the downtown. So that's what I'd like to see. 
As far as businesses I'd like to see come in, I know we need like a fitness center. I know we need like a community gathering space. So like some people suggested like a community slash fitness center like other towns have. And I think that would be awesome. We really want to have a new library in the next five years. So I think that's the plans are coming together for that. Because right now the library was built in like the 1960s and it's got a very small footprint and they need to expand to have a little more options for programming and just bringing in new books. Those are some of my ideas. Uh, The big idea I have, I'm just going to put this out there and anybody that wants to take this and run with it, please do. I think we need to have a trail system that comes to our town. And if you're a Cascade listener, you can identify like we have some trails. But the trail is kind of like you have to turn around and go back to finish the trail. Like they don't loop together or connect. I think having the trail systems that are already existing connect and make a loop would be really awesome. But also back in. So can you hear the passion in my voice like coming up? I'm like, oh, I just think this would be awesome. There used to be a railroad that ran from Cascade through all these tiny towns. And it eventually met up with the Mississippi River in the community of Bellevue, Iowa. And this was a narrow gauge railroad. So that meant that it wasn't as wide as your traditional railroad track that you would see. It was a much narrower path. But it wound through these small, tiny towns, through beautiful countryside. I mean, Iowa is known for being flat, but we are in the eastern part of the state. And this is known as the Driftless region. And so there's lots of beautiful hills and like these limestone bluffs. And the natural beauty in this area is really, really awesome. And I think we could build on that by having a bike trail that followed the original railroad path because the railroad bed, like while there's cornfields and like gravel roads over top of it now, since the railroad went away, there's still like, you can still tell where that rail bed was. And I think that would be so cool if somebody like made a countywide initiative or something and put a bike path there. And it would connect Cascade to small towns like Fillmore, Bernard, Lamotte, and then eventually to Bellevue. And it would be like a 40-mile bike path, but you could stop and like spend time in these small communities, spend your dollars at these restaurants and bars and establishments that are in these small towns. Especially in the summer months, it could bring a lot of people into the community. And I just think it would be really awesome. So again, that's my idea. Anybody who wants to spearhead that, go for it. But I think that'd be awesome. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into with that question, did you? (laughs) All right. What accounts, this is the next question. What accounts do you love to follow on social media? So I think that I'm going to probably have categories of this more so than like specific accounts, but I can do a little bit of both. So I love to follow my friend Dana at Rural Revival. She has also got a big heart for small towns and small businesses. And she tells stories of business owners that like blow your mind. I highly recommend following her. And I can link all these in the show notes. But I also follow just businesses in various categories. So there's a whole bunch of small businesses I follow on Instagram who are also social media marketers. And from them, I learned things that I didn't know how to do. And right now, TikTok for social media marketing content is really awesome. There's some cool things happening there. Um, So I follow other people in my industry, and you can do that too. You don't have to necessarily follow social media content producers or managers or anything, but someone in your industry or a couple people in your industry to kind of give you that creative spark. 
And you don't have to like, I don't look at these people and say, oh, they posted about that today. So I'm going to go post about it tomorrow, that same theme or concept. No, not necessarily. I just use it to like inform myself about these new ways that I could look at things or approach things. And then I just kind of start implementing it into like those things that I really connect with. I implement into my own strategies. And the things that don't hit home with me, I just kind of let go. I also make it a point to follow uplifting accounts because we know that social media can be a drag and that people can just like air out their opinions, whatever they may be. So I make it a point to build up my own spaces of social media with positivity and I follow accounts like at good, good, good co or at tanks, good news, or um, there's a whole bunch of people out there, specifically female creators who use art and drawing and designs to uplift and inspire. And I really like those accounts. There's some called like, oh, happy Danny or uh, Morgan Harper Nichols is a really good one, but they just create art in a way that is inspiring and uplifting and positive. So I really like following those accounts. Um, What else do I follow? Like if we're on Facebook, I just really like to follow local businesses and chambers of commerce in the surrounding region. That way I can see the news that's happening in the local communities and I can help spread the word if I can. For like other small businesses, that way I follow them so I can kind of cheer them on and give them support through liking their posts, sharing their posts, commenting, things like that. So yeah, I don't necessarily have specific accounts that I'm like, you have to follow this person. But I have categories of accounts that I think you should follow. All right. Just a few more questions, guys. Uh, Let's see. Next one. Oh, geez. Political talk in small towns. (laughs) Guys, um... I feel like I can't answer this without getting kind of sassy, um, but it can be hard, right? We live in small towns. We know and love the people that we do business with. We know and love the people that we go to church with. We know and love the people that we walk by on the street and wave to as we're driving down the road. And so then when we see um, like certain things that are said online or I don't know, it can just be kind of a disheartening place, right? So. What I guess I kind of, kind of the code of conduct I follow is that like the people who are close to me in my close social circles, like they know my political leanings, but I don't feel like I need to go air it out on social media. Like there's a time and a place and I don't really, I want to, I want to be a light on social media instead of like being a downer because I feel like that's where we can be right now with all of the political divisiveness. So That's where I'm going to leave that at. I'm not going to get too far into it, but I'm just going to say, yeah, I just, I talk politics with people in real life. I don't really put it out on social. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) What small businesses are on your Christmas list? I love this question. Uh, So there's a lot of really cool people who are making amazing products that you can go out and support for Christmas, for the holidays. Um, or if you just want to make a purchase from them. So uh, my friend Allison, she is at Allison Marie Design. She makes hand-painted signs, and they are beautiful. Her Christmas line is just, I can't even explain it. But you could find her. I'll link everybody in the show notes. My friend Michelle makes candles at Dirt Road Candle Co. I order 
a crazy amount of candles every year, but I think that's probably what got me through quarantine. So um, shout out to Michelle and thank her for her helping me through quarantine, but also she has amazing candles head over and I swear anything that you buy is going to be fantastic. Other businesses that I love and support are like Shop the Midwest Girl. Midwest Girl has Midwest specific clothing lines and they are beautiful. My friend Erica has Sweat Inspire Sisterhood, which is an at-home workout program. And you could buy Christmas gifts, like gift cards for that program for people in your life, uh, specifically women. She serves women. Um, what are some other small businesses that I love? Anytime you can do a gift card for your local like restaurants, eateries, coffee shops, I think breweries, those are going to go a long way. And they're like those kind of entertainment and experience gifts that people love instead of like another thing to put in the house. Sometimes you can buy a gift card or like a day date for people that you want to spend more time with and tell them that you're going to take them to the local hotspots. And I think that's fun. I'm sure I'll think of more when I get off of this recording, but those are some good ones to start with. Right now on my list of places to go, if you're looking for like a bigger gift, like a weekend away or something, uh, there's a lot of like little Airbnbs. And I know that with COVID, maybe we can't travel too far. But there's still some really cool Airbnbs that are local. If you just spend a little time searching, you'll find some really neat spots. Uh, One that is on my list of places to go is in Decorah, Iowa, High Point Cabins. And they have all these little cabins on their property. And you can rent them depending on the size of the group that you're going with. And I haven't stayed there yet, but it's on my like bucket list in the near future to rent one of these cabins and stay there and then go shopping in downtown Decorah because they have awesome stores like rendered unique. They have a lot of breweries and restaurants there and yeah, just where I want to go. All right. Last question. What creative ways can small towns and small businesses celebrate the holidays? This is a really great question because I know that with the current situation of COVID and surging numbers and things like that, a lot of holiday programming has been canceled. So Unfortunately, we probably won't be able to gather in large numbers for holiday celebrations like we have in years past. So like sitting on Santa's lap or gathering for a holiday movie in the park or in the local gymnasium, that's probably not going to happen, which is a bummer. But there's still some really cool things that you can do. So for example, my friend Melissa, who is from Southwest Wisconsin, she and her family are, her family has a whole bunch of entrepreneurs in it and part of their entrepreneurial ventures as an event production company. And so what they're doing is holding a virtual shop local event at the end of November. And what that means is like there's a website that people can come to when they get there. It's going to be like a virtual holiday village. And so think of it like a town square. There's going to be a stage in the middle. And so on this stage, if you will, I'm using air quotes, they will have programming. So it might be like how to decorate your holiday table, how to make the most delicious Christmas cookies, how to, I don't know, pair your wine with your Christmas dinner. They're going to have programming and a scheduling. But also, if you think about like a town square again, on the edges of that square, like away from the stage, there's going to be little virtual storefronts. So you can click on those storefronts for the various businesses. And then you can go to like almost a watered down website and you can make purchases from these businesses that are participating. So this is a really cool virtual option that still brings home the holiday atmosphere. 
And with this event that Melissa is hosting, they're also doing virtual Santa visits. You and your child can call in and Zoom with Santa or Mrs. Claus or an elf. There's ways to still get that holiday shopping, holiday like festivities in your life, but you just have to think about creative ways to approach it. And I thought that this event that Melissa and her family are doing is just so, so cool. And if you want more details, they are still taking, uh, I think they're still taking applications for businesses that want to be involved. I'll put it in the show notes, but if you just want to be a shopper, I'll be talking about it later this month too. But there's other things you can do as far as virtual holiday things or even in-person holiday things. You can still do some of those shopping weekends. You just have to restrict the number of people or you have to encourage them to wear masks. You can do things like host. I know our community is doing like a shop local campaign. So while it's not like a one weekend big event that encourages people from out of town to come shopping here, it's like an ongoing incentive throughout the week so people can shop online or in store at their own convenience, and then they can be entered to win prizes at the end of the holiday season. So there's still ways you can do things and incorporate social media where you can. Do a gift basket that people can enter to win. Do a bingo card that people can check off as they are doing certain things. The more engagement you enjoy, you can spark on social media. I think that just kind of gets everyone in the Christmas spirit, whether they're in person or online. And if you guys have ideas about how you're creatively approaching the holidays for your business or your small town, let me know. I'd love to hear them. Okay, so that's all the questions from this week's mailbag. And I'm really thankful that we had that many questions. That was a great first mailbag episode. If you have ideas for future questions you'd like answered on mailbag episodes, just DM me at Small Minded Podcast on Instagram or on Facebook, and we will put them in a future episode where we answer all of your listener questions. As always, thank you guys so much for being here and listening. I really just love getting behind the mic each week and speaking right to you because you guys are my people, the people who just love small towns and want to see them grow and thrive. And I just don't take a minute of this for granted that I get to create this content and share it with you guys. It's so awesome. Um, Thank you so much. And I will be back next week with even more stories, strategies, and small town love right here on Small Minded Podcast. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small minded. <laughs>